Hello and welcome to the Chip Away podcast. My name's Adam and I talk with passionate construction professionals and try to chip away at what it is to build, create and shape the landscape we live in. My guest for this episode is Ethan Neal. Ethan is an apprentice carpenter from Auckland, New Zealand. Ethan's been sharing his journey to become a craftsman on his Instagram page at apprentice.ethan. It was a pleasure to get to hear Ethan's story. He is a really articulate guy and has a brilliant attitude and relationship to the work that will see him well on his journey. We dive into tools, craftsmanship, attitude, and Ethan shares his own story on mental health and the importance of communication and community in our industry today. An apprenticeship is all about growth, and I feel that it's not until you're deep in there doing it that you realize how much that growth can extend beyond the qualification at the end of the road. This podcast is somewhat of an ode to carpentry and the idea of an apprenticeship and the value that those traditions can give to one's life. I really enjoyed this one and I know you will too. Ethan, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate your time. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me as well. No worries, anytime, absolutely. Um, Let's get into it. Um, I want to know a bit about you. I've went through um, your Instagram profile and I was really just impressed with your kind of passion for the trade and and the content that you're putting out um, on your Instagram page. So I'm stoked that you wanted to come on and have a chat. So yeah, if we could just get a quick bio of yourself and and what you do and then and then after that if we'll we'll go right right back to the beginning on how how it kind of all started for you and carpentry and and even even previously to that i like to ask people you know was there something way back in their even childhood when they first thought hey this is something that i enjoy doing working with tools you know whether it be with family or or whatever it may be you know even like building lego blocks or something like that um (laughs) we all get into it in different ways so yeah the mic is yours all right so i suppose a bit about me it's like i'm a i'm a i'm an older apprentice i suppose you could call it as uh, i'm 28 and uh came to it a bit later with i had all these these dreams of being wanting to be a winemaker and, and i sort of chased on that for a bit but um once reality sort of hit in in that respect and you realize that you know you need a lot of money and time and energy to to go in behind all that thing those glamorous winemaking uh, uh luxury and landscape photos that you see online um mm. the uh the reality hit and i sort of had to make a decision i had to had to be a bit more practical i i went down the route of uh, trying university and it, and it wasn't for me I, and I believe me, I really tried. I flogged a dead horse for three years and um, came out with nothing but a student loan. So, uh, um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't like the best decision for me. But in that case, I just I wouldn't be in the position I am now without that. So it was a good mm-hmm. life experience. True, true. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. Um, other than that, just sort of a, a locally born and, born and raised Auckland boy. Uh, born in the city well not in the city but uh, and uh, spent my entire life here I lived over in Australia for a brief stint lived on a big farm over there and uh, Mm. that was awesome lived down in the South Island doing some winemaking that was fantastic as well but for the most part I've just really been situated in the Auckland region 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Surfing and playing cricket and just sort of all kinds of getting up to mischief for myself. So hey, so how did it how did it all start in carpentry? So you said you you kind of had a previous um, academic life and and you went into winemaking there. But um, I'm wondering, yeah, if you can go right back and was there always an interest in that kind of practical side of things even then, or was it something you kind of fell into after all of that? I think it was like um, ultimately uh, going way back. I mean, I've always been surrounded by tradesmen. Mm-hmm. My father's like a, a jack, you know, like a jack of all, but I'd probably dare to say that he's probably a master of all, really, because by trade he's a painter. But, I mean, he could build you a house quite comfortably. You know, mm-hmm. when, whenever I come to him with a question, he always has a really good answer for stuff. And, and that's just because he was surrounded by it. You know, he came from a family of tradesmen as well. So my brother's an electrician. That's, a, you know, another one. So I was just surrounded by it. Admittedly, though, I fought the whole idea of being a tradesman. I thought because of that stigma that surrounded it, you know, I didn't want to be a tradie. I didn't want to be rolling around in my bloody uh, stubbies and and uh, leather apron and and sort of just, you know, being one of those scourges, those guys that talk talk about footy and sinking beer on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really fought that. And it wasn't until, you know, meet, meeting some buy and select people and actually realizing how articulate and incredibly intelligent, like build, building to me is complex problem solving from start to finish of any build or project. Mm-hmm. And uh, you really only see that once you're involved in it mm-hmm. and how much time, energy, thought goes into it before you even step on site. So, um, <clears throat> You know, like I, I, I found the building stuff much, much later in terms of the actual passion, but ultimately the underlying sort of interest has always been there. You know, we've been lucky enough to be surrounded by boat builders. We grew up, uh, my dad's sort of mm-hmm. second father, you might say. He was a boat builder and he had all these beautiful sheds just down the road from us and, you know, steam built, uh, steam bent timber and things like that, you know, mm. just beautiful, beautiful things that we you know, really only took for granted and, you know, you just figure that's how everyone grows up and um, all these beautiful old tools and bandsaws and things and, you know, for birthdays, uh, you know, wooden um, tables or desks and things would turn up or I, I remember for one birthday I got a skipping rope and the handles were, I think I might still have it actually, but, you know, the handles were a remu caught, like caught out so you could um, tie the rope on the inside there. So, you know, it, that all that sort of uh, that craftsmanship's just been I've been surrounded by. So I think it was, you know, it, it was always there in terms of it could have always been an option. It just mm-hmm. took a little realization and living to get there. Yeah, that's interesting. I had a I had a similar kind of entrance into the trades. Um, my dad's a builder. Uh, my granddad's a builder. My great granddad's a builder, and I was pretty <laughs> determined not to be a builder. <laughs> um, I hated working with my old man when I was young. I just I don't know why. I just really didn't enjoy it. And then um, yeah, one thing led to another, and I thought I need to trade behind me, and I got into it. And now I just cannot see myself wanting to do anything else. Uh, absolutely love it. So you're right. I think 
sometimes certain people anyway you kind of have to be in it to really see it from the inside and go oh wow this is uh not what i thought it was so yeah that's that's interesting yeah absolutely like um that just that big misnomer of you know the sort of uh uh the um you know the kids who sort of drop out they're the ones that go and get the trades and they're all a bit rough and things but it's just it's just not the case you know and uh, it's a shame that 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 still exists really because um you know the more i'm i'm in it the longer i'm in it the more i see really passionate hard working honest people i just it's a lovely lovely community as well i mean mm. everyone's very interested in um sort of sharing their knowledge mm-hmm. which is you know on the flip side coming from uh wine making it was all very close to your chest in terms of the knowledge that you had available to so mm-hmm. it was whether you were to get some out of an old winemaker or not so uh, yeah it's 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 just been such a positive experience overall that's great that's awesome um so i mean i guess how how is your apprenticeship going like you say you kind of come into this later um how's it how's it going for you i mean there's a there's a work practical and a theory element um you know you've done university Previously, I wonder if you have any kind of unique ways of balancing the the theory, or you're not doing any kind of block courses or anything like that. It's all take it home. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all my, I, I I'm doing my apprenticeship through BCITO, mm-hmm. which is the on-site learning, and then um, the book work at home. So, like, it, it, in terms of my advice, it would just be to treat it like a job. Mm. You know. Um, you know, you've, if, if you, you want to be a good builder, right? So, you know, and you go to go and you build five days a week, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half, or even 10 and more. Um, yep. And you, you, and to be qualified and to sort of, uh, you know, you can draw it out as long as you want and you can be lazy, but that, that's what the assessors are looking for is that they're, they're looking for all that book work. Mm. There's no doubt that you can do all the skills. It's absolutely none, but. Um, in terms of being, you know, what they want to see in here is is the book work. So yeah, just treat it like a job. If it's even if you get twenty minutes in a day, or just but just a bit of consistency um, in terms of you know getting some pen to paper and a little bit of information here and there, as opposed to sort of leaving it three months and then trying to do a whole book in a night before you see the assessor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. That's some good advice. Um, yeah, I, I always found, um, I actually did like a pre-trade course, so I didn't have much theory left, but it always helped to kind of, it's obvious, but linking, doing the theory work that you're kind of doing on site practically. So you're really thinking about it, or if you know, you have a certain, if you know, you're doing trusses and next week, and then you're kind of all over that on your books and it kind of preps you for it. Um, yeah, I know when I was an apprentice, um, I used to go and do that and i'd be watching videos on youtube and i'd be reading articles and i'd be all over it just trying to learn everything you could on site so maybe you can turn up and kind of know what's going on before um instead of just looking completely clueless so that always helps oh absolutely absolutely and i mean there's so much information out there it's fantastic we we had to build some well my first set of stairs that i built was a hundred percent just by myself and youtube Mm. And it, you know, it came out totally usable. 
yeah i wouldn't say perfect but i would absolutely say that like you know to the untrained eye that very very the client was very very happy with it so mm. yeah you know, that's, that's the amazing thing about it definitely this is all, all the information yeah yeah yeah, it's interesting because you, you say uh, there was a bit of contrast in the wine industry where it was a lot more secretive, but I think there is kind of an element in that in building where you have like trade secrets or um, almost um, not intellectual property, but um, there's some there's some guys who are, at least um, in my apprenticeship, you knew that the boss wasn't really going to teach you certain things unless you really kind of um, gave him a certain work ethic or you applied yourself or you really looked like you were going to progress, if you know what I mean. Like if you're just kicking your heels around the site I mean, you're not interested, you're probably going to not going to find those little secrets or maybe an older guy is not going to be willing to really, like what's the point in investing time in you? But I think if you have that right attitude, you can get some absolute gems from older guys which is great oh absolutely i mean you touched on it there the just the attitude thing is, is such a big one it's sort of yeah I've, I've talked about it before briefly on some stories where it's sort of you know say you turn up five minutes early every day and mm -hmm. it's kind of on the flip side you're five minutes late that that whole mentality from the boss thinking oh you know he's always five minutes late versus the one day that you're five minutes late and they go oh that's weird you know he's mm. never late sort of thing just you know that it's a really small gesture but it's a it's a big one in terms of your overall how, how you're taken how seriously you're actually taking your job or you're learning and things like that and it's the same you know say if you were to turn up with a little bit of knowledge before you go into setting out some trusses or even your framing or your footings or what have you it's like you know just a, just a little bit a little bit of initiative is a is a huge one and uh, i think you're absolutely right like the, the the older guys or your foreman or um the builders on site you know they take that that that, that means a lot to them because otherwise they feel like they're just wasting their time yeah absolutely yeah it's um I kind of I've always enjoyed that that part of construction and probably more so building I would say not that I've had experiences with other trades but just from what I've observed on site that um and and I don't I don't think it really happens in many other industries but the kind of role of the apprentice and the kind of qualified or master carpenter if you will that kind of like mentor mentee relationship it's quite special and unique to building i really uh, i really like that um it's kind of you feel like you're a part of something like if you can imagine you know how how many thousands of years humans have been building and kind of passing on that knowledge and that information throughout time and it's kind of you feel like you're part of that one long continuation of one person passing down something to the next and carrying on that knowledge. It's pretty cool to be a part of. It's something I always get a kick out of, um, both being on the receiving end and then once you kind of know what you're doing, being able to pass that on to someone else, it's um, pretty special, really. Oh, absolutely. That's a, Yeah, that's a really cool point. And, and sort of not many people think about that in terms of carpentry spanning, you know, pretty much our existence in terms mm -hmm. of a, the, the modern the modern world so um yeah no that's that's the fantastic way to put it and 
and sort of puts it in perspective a little bit more as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I always tell apprentices like when we're setting out a foundation or a slab or something like that and we're using string lines, I kind of try and get them to imagine that like humans have been using this exact tool for thousands of years. Like they use string lines to set out the pyramids of Giza. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's pretty cool. When you yeah. think of that, it has, it's pretty unchanged over all that time. And it's a, you know, tried and trusted method. And now you're a part of it and you're kind of doing it in your own little way. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And you're sustaining it, surviving it. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's not just just you and your guy's site, but it'll be the site next door to you, or the you know the one up the road, or the one in North America, or the one in Europe, or what have you. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, everyone uses that string line, and they do the exact same thing. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's really cool. That yeah, is really really. Cool. So I wonder, um, you're in your apprenticeship now. What are some goals you have for yourself in in this journey, both? you know, in your apprenticeship and then, then what happens after? Have you kind of looked any further than just getting qualified? Absolutely. I think it's, um, there's, the, there's this uh, phrase or word, uh, they call them journeyman carpenters. And, the, mm. and this is something that I've thought about in terms of sort of, um, you know, and getting qualified and, and doing that under, uh, under a company and, and your boss and things. I think that's awesome in terms of the basic knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, but in terms of the overall knowledge and your own style, you know, otherwise if you were just to stay put in one place and build, build for one company for the rest of your life sort of thing, you sort of technically you're just building their homes where, and at, Ideally, I'd, I'd love to be able to get qualified and, and maybe honor my time with my, my current boss. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd love to be able to go and sort of freelance or contract to jobs. You know, I'm, I'm very, very interested in the, um, the e-house or the uh, passive homes. Oh, and I'd love, yeah, I'd love to, um, you know, sort of try my hand at that. But I'd also love to try my hand at just full stick framing of, of roofs and things and mm-hmm. um just just to sort of find my own own way in place and style and things and, and see what i really want to build because i have a scope and that's and that's instagram and youtube mm. of of what would be cool but you know you don't know it until you've lived it really um and then looking further than that but eventually i think i think everyone has these ideas of uh, wanting to run their own company and and seeing what that that world's like and, and whatever the stresses that brings. But overall, yeah, I'd, I'd love to just sort of journey around a little bit and just sort of do a bit of learning further further on from just the apprenticeship. That's cool. That I like that answer because it, it's kind of like it says that you're, you're honoring that kind of idea of like a lifetime of learning or, or uh, you're always an apprentice if you look at it in, in one way. And I think that's really true and it's cool that you think about it from a carpentry perspective. You know, a lot of guys will get qualified and then it's it's basically like, okay, I've kind of, I've done that. I don't really care what I build anymore. I just want to make money or I just want to, I'll run my own crew. I'll go house bash. I'll, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I'm even finding that myself in my own career, I'm studying a construction management degree and like maybe my future is off the tools and it's interesting that the more I study and the longer that I'm on the tools, especially as a foreman, 
the more I just want to keep on building and learning stuff. And that the the idea of learning things on the tools is just way more exciting than learning like how to do paperwork, to be honest, <laughs> even though yeah. perhaps that's where the money lies and that's, you know, how I can provide for my family a little bit better. It's like, wouldn't it be nice if I could just, yeah, like you say, journey around and, and just be the ultimate carpenter and, and get paid a decent wage. I think that would that would be the dream for people who are really, you know, craftsmen builders who just absolutely love it. Um, um, I'm sure there's a few people out there who have found that niche. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty cool goal to have. I think. Yeah, in terms of in terms of sort of overall security for long term, you know, I, I can't imagine that it's a particularly sustainable option and being a journeyman. Mm. But um, yeah, you know, just just sort of dabbling i think i think or you know just just trying that route for a little bit i think it's you know i think it's an option whether or not it you know it actually occurs and and also what what you touched on with the uh the apprentice lifestyle mentality where you're always learning i think mm. that's a i think that's uh really important for a lot of guys because it's you know you we, we're sort of and what a lot of people don't realize is that you kind of taught the minimums in terms of building standards, like the mm-hmm. NZ three six zero four. And I'm not not here to bash that because I mean we 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 require on it heavily, but it's a, a lot a lot of our standards are to on the minimum side of things, and not necessarily all best practice. But um, you know that's that's kind of where I'm wanting to hit, you know, to and and learn about best practice as opposed to the standard mm-hmm. sure so to speak and yeah. and that's just that's where my, my mentality sort of lies i suppose yeah yeah I, I like that idea of the kind of and i think if you want to be successful you kind of at least on the tools you kind of have to humble yourself and always think of yourself as an apprentice you know i think for me and in, in my career so far the more I learn, the more I realize I know absolutely nothing about building because <laughs> you just keep yeah, on, there's just yeah. so much more, you know? Um, and then, you know, as a builder, you know, you, you kind of like to dabble in joinery and, and a bit of concrete oh. here and there. And then it's like, Oh man, it's just a whole other world. You can, I've been down some black holes watching like guys with routers on YouTube and it's just like, Oh man, I don't have the time. <laughs> like I'd love to, no, but no. you know what I mean? Um, it's just absolutely. forever. And, yeah, I was talking to my old man about that the other day who, like I said, is a builder. Um, and I was saying, oh, you know, it looks like I'm starting to move off the tools and I don't know if it's what I want to do. I love building so much. It's like I've still got so much to learn. And my old man, he he runs his own business and he still is on the tools. Um, and he's like, man, you can't get away from that. Like I'm, I'm learning every day still. Um, there's always something to learn. Like you, you'll build for your whole career, and you'll never know it all, and you'll still want to learn everything. So, um, that's cool. That's cool that you kind of share that passion and the, you're thirsty for it. Because I think then it, it doesn't become something that's redundant, and and perhaps it'll make you a better businessman if you're really still passionate about what guys are doing every day in terms of just looking at it as a monetary value of how much you can make on a house or something like that. It's um, you're really invested in it and I'd say that would lead to success, whatever you're doing, whether you're just learning more skills on the tools or whether you go off and start your own company. So, yeah, good on Yeah, you. thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, it's cool to hear that your father's still still learning and he's still on the tools. I mean, oh, that's definitely. A yeah. Huge testament to, uh, 
how engaging this this world can be yeah absolutely yeah he he loves it he can't get enough of it so it's pretty cool um yeah so i mean what could you put your finger on what it what it is exactly that you that you love about carpentry in particular i mean like you said you kind of once you were in it you really developed a passion and i can sympathize with that um but you know i've looked at your instagram page and the content that you put out and it's pretty clear that you're you're interested in it you're sinking a lot of time into it even you know outside of work and um i just wonder if you if there's anything that you could put your finger on it's like yeah this is why i love that you know whether it's working outside or the team environment or you get to be creative or even if there's any particular tasks within being a carpenter that you're just like, yeah, this is my favorite part of the job. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a cool one. I think more than anything, it's like a physically creative job, you know, and, and even, you know, you say when you use the word creative, that typically comes to mind more of like an artistic sense, but Mm. this is, you literally change nothing to something and that could be within a day, a month, a year sort of thing. And you, you can, and it, and it, it's so satisfying for, you know, say the client to come home and um, them to see, you know, all this fresh framing up or the floor mm. down or the next story up, you know, that's, it's, it is quite something else. And you really, that, and that's what I mean. Like you really only know this when you're in it because it's, um, it's it's hard to sort of gauge that that feeling when you're when you might pass a building site day by day or what have you you know it's sort of mm-hmm. oh okay well, you know now there's some walls on shore but it's like the time and energy that goes into that that physical change where you you took some object of you know timber that was milled way off and weary or, or somewhere or another and um you know that's just arrived on site and you've somehow put it together in a way that's going to shelter a family keep them warm mm. you know all the all the essential things that you require for well and some non-essential i suppose but the things for you know our existence and mm. how we survive things so it's um it really is that that creative physic physically creating things and that's and that's not just sort of house building like i mean that joinery side of things is cool and um, things just to make your job easier, you know, like I, I built some, um, some wings for my saw mm-hmm. and, um, and that, that was purely off Instagram that I'd, I'd learned to meet a guy, oh, not meet a guy, but, you know, follow a guy and he's really like forthcoming with the, the information. And, you know, it, I just turned, it's just one sheet apply, just turn them into two wings and I've got these little latches and they just lock together and they go with me pretty much everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. it, whether, even if I don't set up a, the saw, it's, it's still a, a big bench. And I mean, any kind of workspace that's above waist height is a real bonus on, on any kind of site. So mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and coming back to answer the question properly, it's, it's yeah, it's the creative, physically creative process involved changing something nothing to something yeah yeah it's very engaging absolutely um it doesn't get old i mean yeah one thing i love about building is that um other than the fact that i'm kind of running jobs and i have to answer phone calls i I just don't pay attention to the time at all and you really don't when you're stuck in building you're just you're not looking at the clock you're not 
you're not really like, oh, you know, when smoke or I was at home time yet. Like if you're really into it, the days just fly by because you're just in full on, in the zone, building mode. I love that. There's no better feeling than that. Um, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That is like that. And that is, you're, you're absolutely right. Like you're never really hanging, unless you're starving maybe. Because <laughs> yeah. You forget to eat in the morning or something. But um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Like it's, uh, and especially when there's so much going on. Mm. I can, I, one can only imagine in your position that a lot goes on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's very engaging. Yeah, I like it. And, and I think that that idea of you're always learning something and you're always kind of having to think on the spot a lot of the times, even if you've, you know, you could have hung a door a hundred times, but each time is kind of has its own differences. And um, there's a lot of jobs that maybe you haven't hung a door for like three months. So you kind of have to like rev your brain up a little bit. That's kind of what I like about building. Like, even though there are tasks that you're going to do over and over again on a house or whatever it may be, um, they're kind of spaced out long enough for you to, you know, not get bored of the same thing over and over again. Um, yeah, I reckon yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a, a guy I worked with for a long period of time. He said there's three names for everything and twice as many ways to do every, do anything. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, like he, he said, um, it was like a tool belt. It's like an apron or a penny. That's, you know, there's three. And, mm. it's, and if you think about, you know, hanging a door you know, what the next builder could do something completely different to the way that you have done it or you have been taught it. And, you know, that can be conflicting for a lot of people, actually, depending on, <laughs> you know, who, whose site you land on sort of thing. But, yeah, absolutely. It's um, so many different ways and you've got to be open to learning. Otherwise, it, uh, you know, it would be a hard process otherwise. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that that's a great thing about having that journeyman attitude because you can go around and you'll learn so much of other people. Like you say, there's so many ways to do that same thing. And I always, like, giggle at, like, everyone's adamant that their way is the absolute best way to do it, <laughs> <laughs> even yeah. though it might yeah. take exactly the same amount of time to do the thing and the same quality in result. And um, everyone's really, like, behind their way, which I love. Um yeah, there's definitely a stubbornness to some carpenters, but I think you're a winner if you can kind of pick and choose from here and there and, and create your own way of doing stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just can't, I mean, yeah, like I said, you you, you run into trouble if you resist those, dif- you know, those different ways sort of thing. You just got to be open to it. Could yeah. be better, could be worse, you know, but you never know until you go. Definitely. Um, so we talk about creativity and, and like you say, that's your kind of favorite part of the job but i wonder um if we can continue that and talk a little bit about craftsmanship and kind of what that means to you what that word means to you and what it means in kind of today's um society and whether you think something like craftsmanship is maybe going out the door or not as valued as it maybe could be um today Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's there's this sort of uh, it's a well, it comes down to a production thing, and sadly, a lot of the time that's monetary driven. And mm-hmm. you know, typically, typically, this is on a general thing. In my experience, at least, it's sort of the faster you can do something at, at a semi decent sort of quality, you know, the more money you can make. And um, people people would often sort of 
think about craftsmanship and you know they'd think about sort of hand planing a door jam down to perfect precise <coughs> measurements and things and machining using these beautiful timbers it, it doesn't have to be that it can be you know small details and and just taking a little bit more pride than just sort of whacking skirting on with just square butted joints and things like that you know stuff mm -hmm. that you know would really sort of make you wince if you walked into a house and saw it Awesome. But I mean, in saying that though, that it is still there and, and I, and I appreciate it when the client appreciates it as well, because, mm. you know, when you do a jack mitre for your, your door jams and, and that you've built as opposed to having square butt joins for the, the, the door that you've just hang, you've actually routed in a, a slot and then fitted them nicely. And it's just, just a little added detail and, and they may never notice, but it's it is really really nice to have them see that for what it is and it's actually you're just taking a little bit more pride in what you do and that's mm. and that kind of that's what starts to get lost is because it's the pride is in the dollar signs not in the actual work itself mm. so it's you know, obvi obviously that's it just can't always be the case and i mean we need to feed our families right for sure but, yeah absolutely but um but you know there's always a time and place and i think if you're if you're organized and motivated for like you know to to produce that quality then there's there's no reason why you can't there's no reason why you can't just add a little bit more and because i guarantee there's you know a few minutes more that you can do that you don't have to sit on your phone when you're at work or you know you i'm i'm sure it could eat into your smoker just a little bit yeah because, to, just to have those nice miters there or <clears throat> just to sand that that sort of architrave that might be open or something you know just just a little bit more time mm. i think everyone is in such a rush like that's such a su something my dad always says you know like everyone everyone's in a rush it's always a race it's like no it's not a race mm. uh, it's um something a little bit more than that <laughs> it's a journey yeah definitely yeah i appreciate that you think of it that way and, and i think i think we kind of have to do everything we can to keep that sense alive otherwise it yeah it really does kind of i don't know degrade the trade a little bit i think there's more to it than just the whack it up mentality and i guess that has to come down to the individual and um you know whether they're willing to put in that extra bit of mile and i know um myself i've come across some great tradesmen who just absolutely love what they do and um yeah i think a lot of people don't realize that like when they when they buy that house or when they walk into their new house that someone's built for them like um there's details that they won't even notice that guys argued over like intensely <laughs> um and oh, yeah. and really like screwed down and you know made someone do something over and over again until it was mint and even though no one will ever know um you know except the guys who built it um i love being a part of crews like that because you know it's it's for real and it's more than just kind of what has to be done it's what what needs to be done to kind of feel that you are that that carpenter or that you've earned that title or, or yeah, I always laugh at that, you know, like everyone kind of thinks that, oh, the client always gets kind of what they want. But, um, yeah, really, it's the builders who are kind of deciding the quality of that house. Um, whereas, yeah, yep. a, a lot of a lot of guys get 
kind of written off as I, oh, you know, you're a rough builder or whatever. But um, I don't know. I think I think that's kind of rare, um, to be honest. At least all the crews that I've worked with, guys are like serious about their quality. Like if you ever hit someone up for like, oh, you know, like you say that scarf joint's a bit rough, man. Like he guys won't be happy about that, you know. Um, no, no, yeah. not at all. That would, it's, it's, uh, you know, and and you're exact, like absolutely right. I, I mean, any any person you would come to, I could almost guarantee that they would, if 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 you had an issue with it and you brought it up to them, they would be so embarrassed. Mm. You know, that, mm. and that's that's just my experience. But I mean, I'm sure if I were to do it to the lead carpenter or the foreman or something, it might be received a little differently. But um, <laughs> I, w- I would say there would be a fair amount of embarrassment regardless. Yeah. Um, and, and potentially this would never happen. Um, but yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. Like in terms, of, and that's just sort of something that you would hope across the board people would, everyone would keep each other honest, you know, like, mm. and, and you know, oh, okay, well, that's a, you know, and it doesn't have to be rude. It doesn't have to be a really harsh comment, although sometimes it can be like at least taken that way if it's a criticism <clears throat> but um yeah it's it's to to keep yeah, I, I liked what you said sorry to backpedal about you know it's it's the carpenters to decide the quality of the of the home that these people are, no no matter sort of you know that they, they've asked for the certain trim they've asked for all these different details or whatever's been specified but ultimately sort of that fit and finish and what how the clients actually feel whether they know it or not is entirely on the carpenter mm. and the, sorry for, for that matter just the trades in general and to you know the electricians that make sure the the lights come on and and the the plumbers who do everything to make all those amenities nice and comfortable as well so i can't i can't sort of i don't want to overlook those trades as well because i think they do you know exceptional work to make things a lot more comfortable than just a just a proof over your head yeah absolutely and i think um from the outside looking in like you say people don't really realize that uh, throughout the trades um there there are ways that not necessarily cutting corners but you can get things done very kind of um blandly let's say and yeah. and achieve a result that the client would be quite happy with and wouldn't know any other but um yeah it's interesting the kind of um uh, self-policing that carpenters will do to each other um, when they don't really even have to. It's just kind of part of the the journey being, you know, carrying that name around as a carpenter. You kind of feel that that's just what you have to do. I think you don't even think about it. So, yeah. 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 And, and thinking, thinking about that, sorry, just one more thing to add is, mm. um, you know, when you when you take that time or you redo that detail, it's it's not necessarily even for you, but say for the for the next builder to come in, mm. you know, say they've got a friend. Oh, I've got a friend who's a who's a master builder, mm. and he, you know, without a doubt, he'd come in and point something out if something was you know sticking out. Of, you know, so you're not only doing it for yourself in terms of your your level of craftsmanship, but you know, for the ne- for the next builder to come in and walk the house and think, oh wow, someone actually took their time and you know made this look awesome, as opposed to oh they slapped it up and it was a bit rough, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you see that quite a bit. Like you say, you do a lot of renovation work. I always quite enjoy 
that sort of work because it's it's um i find it you know we're talking about craftsmanship and creativity i find that work um a lot more demanding than just the kind of standard new build that uh most most houses are going up in new zealand at the moment it's um you have to tie into guys who are building you know sometimes a hundred plus years ago and some of the older villas and the houses that we have in this country so it's always a pleasure when you open up a wall or where you know you might go into a, a stick pitched roof and you look at the framing and the level of detail and the way that they you know yep. load bear oh, and you know um all of that stuff the struts the way they tie everything in it's awesome to kind of open that up and see that and be like oh wow you know these guys really were going at a good go um and you kind of feel compelled like okay uh, my carpentry has to match these guys at least um yeah i like that kind of yeah. work renovations are great oh yeah it's it's and you really have to have the imagination on you to sort of you know to come across to um to solve those problems you know sort of a hundred years and and you know we've done a couple hundred year year old villas and it's sort of to be able to as neatly as possible tie into a home that's had you know a hundred years worth of weather um and and settling and twisting and turning and and moisture go through it moisture come out of it and you know even the timber that they used was sort of you know uh, we, we have all this this old native rimu timber that mm. comes out of these homes and it's sort of it was it was just a tree it wasn't sort of a farmed product it mm. was you know just cut down because we needed to build a house sort of thing otherwise mm. it was just a tree <laughs> yeah sure yeah 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 really got to be creative and and it is it's just it's brilliant to see all those you know those hand cut roofs and you see all the birds mouths that land so neatly and tightly mm. cut sort of no overcuts it wasn't cut with a skilly it was cut with the uh a handsaw more than likely yeah totally i think that doing those kind of jobs really inspire you to think about that level of craftsmanship because it's easy to take for granted but like you say those kind of houses you know they would have built them there would have been like a pile of timber and and that's all they would have had for that site um and you know now everything gets delivered and it's all pre-nailed and it's all kind of ready to go and you know back in those days where there, there were no power tools and everything was done by hand and um and you're like, man, if these guys can have this level of finish with the the kind of tools and the the technology that they had at hand, then it's like, man, if I can't do better than this, then what kind of builder am I with with everything that we have these days? You know, so yeah, that's pretty yeah, yeah, and that's kind of that where where we sort of start to lose sight of that craftsmanship and the production side of things, where we have these, you know, you you might you might do the slab, or you might even not do the slab, and then you have these. Uh, frames turn up the next day and you know i i always laugh when i hear people saying oh you know we're framing yeah, but mm. in reality it's you're standing frames that were probably made months and months ago to set a set of plans and uh, you know you hear a lot of complaining about people uh, about these sort of pre-nail frames and how they sort of twist and turn and mm. you know you've got to run a fair amount of your buzzer over a over a few of those sticks that are in that frame so it's um it, you know that's that thing about it's you start to lose sight of the uh the craftsmanship when you've when it's outsourced 
you know, and, and it's just a sort of a number, more or less, which is a real bummer. But, um, uh, you know, if, if you can sort of if you keep the idea alive, if we can keep the idea alive, then you can kind of um, keep pushing on with it, keep producing nice, nice work. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if you're a young person um, thinking about moving into the building trade, one thing that you should definitely push for is, is working for a company who do those kind of renovation jobs where you really, it's a lot more from scratch building um, because, yeah, I mean, it's a shame a lot of the guys who are kind of house bashing, if you will, with, with a, you know, I know guys down here, I don't know really what it's like in Auckland, but um, some of the subdivision houses in here, builders are on those houses for like no more than two weeks. Like that's all they're on those houses for in terms of what they do on the job. Um, and yeah, I, I would say, hey, that's that's okay. You know, once you're a qualified guy and if that's your business model and that's what you want to do, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think if you really, if you want to learn all the skills of the trade, definitely try and find yourself an apprenticeship with a company that's doing renovations and a wide variety of work because it's going to stand you in, in good stead to have the skill base for you to move on um, instead of really restricting yourself to kind of this is all I can really do. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend yeah. that. Yeah, it can be a bit limiting, that, that all that new build stuff. I mean, I think everyone sort of should try production sort of style building that's mm. absolutely because you have to understand what it's like to be under the pump and, and work for that money and you know mm. to make the most money out of the time what have you but um yeah it just it, it it kills me a little bit to 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 think that it would just be you know it could just go all one way and and just you know lose that altogether uh you know, just for that, that those dollar signs. But, um, mm. yeah, I, I think like, man, renovations, God, just, you could build anything after you've tied into enough renovations. It's goodness me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, to change track a little bit, um, I'm wondering what you kind of think of, we've talked about the craftsmanship and the creativity and the kind of practical aspect of, of being a builder. Um, but I wonder what you think about the kind of social side of it and the camaraderie of working with a crew and whether that's kind of different in, in any interesting ways of what you had past experience in, in the job world or or if you think there's any kind of, um, I don't know, um, how would I say it, different points of, you know, I think of... Um, the way I think of a building crew anyway is like it's a very close group of people. Um, and it's, it's quite similar to, I could imagine like a military sort of environment, really um, not in the kind of disciplined way, but you know, people that you build with, you're spending a lot of time with those guys. You're being creative together. It's very teamwork orientated. Um, and I think that can, Although you can have plenty of good arguments with your with your workmates, I always really enjoy the the camaraderie that you develop between um, the men and women that you that you create with every day. Um, and I'm just wondering if you have found the same in in your apprenticeship so far. Absolutely, um, I've been I've been. There's always there's always a select few. I think like I think for me, I'm always better with slightly less than than slightly more you know mm -hmm. so if it's a smaller crew 
and you know you, you share similar values like I, I must say the guy that i'm working with at the moment he's fantastic you know he's, he makes he is such a hard worker mm. and he has that same thirst as well you know that he wants to he's interested in trying new ways and oh you know maybe we saw it we do it like this and it could be a bit faster okay maybe we'll try something else next time but mm. he's it's, it's just that i you know it's it's brilliant it's brilliant and it's to, to meet people with a, a similar value system, but, you know, they may have those similar values, but their whole background is completely different. And it's, that's the other cool thing is because you meet these people from such different lifestyles, backgrounds, what have you. And that's what keeps it interesting, you know, like you, where you can be working and talking and, um, and learn about the people's different experiences you know like and that's what i mean when i when you can learn like you can learn about people as well it's it's not just about building side of things because there's a lot of people involved in building and um the more you get to know people yeah man it, it, it's such a it's such a weapon in the arsenal in terms of um <clears throat> in terms of uh your your business model and being able to deal with people and I think if you can get along with the, the people that you work with and that have that camaraderie, which is, I mean, it's absolutely there. Admittedly, I've had, I mean, I, I'm a little different, I suppose, because I'm not much of a drinker. Mm-hmm. When I say not much, I'd sort of barely minimal drinking in a year. And um, uh, I suppose that might exclude me a little bit, but it, for the for the people that you really gel with, click with, it doesn't, bother them in the slightest it doesn't you know because because you share a lot more than just a beer Mm -hmm. definitely yeah that's interesting i wonder if we can kind of um move into i notice on your um instagram account that you um you've got yourself a trademark t-shirt and you kind of uh have a few have a few posts on that one thing that um i'm kind of quite keen to get across on this podcast or at least give voice to is um the mental health um kind of issue or whatever yep. you you yep. will call it in our in our Absolutely. industry um yeah and i just wonder you're obviously interested in what trade matter doing and um yeah i just wonder what you think is the kind of the culture or or the the current climate with with mental health and in the construction industry and how maybe we get those conversations started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, and that's the brilliant thing about trademark. Um, well, I've actually got a few of their, their shirts now. I sort of wear it as almost a bit of a uniform. Mm. Um, uh, but that, yeah, you know, like what, what's this guy doing wearing a ridiculously colored shirt <laughs> on site? It's sort of, it's so out of the ordinary. And I think, we see a lot of it, we, you know, it's not candidly talked about on Instagram, but it is talked about, mm-hmm. but it really is only such a small percentage of what it, of building sites, you know, it's sort of a select thousand plus people. You know, I say that it's probably a lot more, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, so, and, and, you know, from Instagram to the actual site that you're working on, you more often than not, not gonna it's not gonna come up in conversation Mm. and if it does it'll make a lot of people feel fairly uncomfortable about it i mean Mm -hmm. even when people have asked me about the shirt and i've said you know it's it's promoting men's mental health Mm -hmm. and 
typically that's where it stops. They go, oh, okay, and move on from there because wow. you have to be comfortable to be able to talk about it. You have to be forthcoming and be aware that, you know, what entails in those conversations is it's a lot of honesty mm-hmm. if you're prepared to be that way with other people. Um, <clears throat> my experiences, I, I think I've sort of, I've always dealt with depression I've always, uh, uh, from a very young age, but um, you grow and you learn to sort of manage that in, in your own in your own ways. Mm-hmm. But um, a couple of years ago, a day before my birthday, 2017, um, I got a concussion. I, I was being too tall and wearing a hat and I walked into a garage door. <laughs> Not the most glamorous story of way of getting a concussion, but sort of long story short, I, I find myself a couple hours later in a hospital and um, it was, you know, it was, it was the start of a fairly long journey into um, more or less sort of re- resetting my brain and losing almost all the coping mechanisms to, um, to, to sort of deal with those things that I think that you develop throughout your entire life. Like you, you're, you're back at square zero and you're, you know, 25, 26 with, you know, things going on and you're trying to make a career of it, mm-hmm. wondering why your brain just isn't working the same way. And, you know, you're not retaining the knowledge and then the foreman might be asking you, oh, you know, what, why can't you understand this? And, uh, and, and you're thinking, you know, maybe I can't do this sort of thing. There's a lot of self-doubt that goes into it and mm-hmm. a lot of things you don't understand. And <clears throat> it's not until you actually start listening to your body and listening to the people around you and take the advice and going to see people, talk to people. Look, if it, if it helps just to settle the mind down and to jump onto the, like, I, so I, I, I take antidepressants and I, mm-hmm. I can't speak highly of them enough in terms of getting yourself level before you make any further changes, you know, to go to seek um, help. You know, you, if you're not in the right space of mind to be able to go and get help and you go and try and seek help and they're, they're trying to get you to talk about things that have been traumatic in your life, um, you'd, it's just going to bring up, you know, bad feelings and, mm. and you're not going to be in the mindset to be able to deal with it. So um, <clears throat> getting, getting that brain chemistry right first and, you know, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of, you know, people, mm. people take pills but less, you know, sort of thing. And, and, that's, and that's a shame that it, one, one gets really demonized where the other is sort of, it's just a good time really. Um, <clears throat> But so, so yeah, I, I take the mental health stuff really seriously. I think it's, uh, and, and especially, especially uh, in the trades because, because it's such, it's the stereotypical tradie, right? You know, you just get on with it. You'll be right, mate. Sort of um, have a beer and forget about it at the pub sort of thing. And that is just, it's just not reality. It's never been reality, really. But, you know, I think more so because, because we have the numbers and statistics and we see that um, mental health and suicide is so, so prevalent within trades. And then having lived that, having really seriously thought about it, having self-harmed for a long time and, you know, getting to a point where, you, where it starts, starts to be pretty serious thoughts, and there's no one to really go to 
Mm. And, and lo and behold, you know, you have this wonderful community out there and it's encouraged to, you know, to open up and talk about it. And it's even more encouraged to go and get help as well. You know, it's not a sign of weakness. In actual fact, it's probably more of a strength than anything else. And I think that's that's the excellent message that trademark. And, and you know, there's there's others that are coming out as well, and I applaud them. You know, don't just let one monopolize it. Get your message out as well because there's more support then. You know, there's only so much one can do. There's more out there. And I think that's, that's brilliant. I, I think like more power to you in that respect um whether you make whether it's like a monetary side of things well that's a whole another discussion but um yeah 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 i'm 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 big on the mental health and i'm i'm big in having that conversation no matter what time it's ne- nothing's it's never a good time especially no. but you know you've got to be there to uh you know if someone's there for you or you know e- even even if they wouldn't maybe return the uh the same favor just to be there to someone if they need to be heard or maybe they just need a little bit of advice they're coming to you for something then if anything just just be there for them um that's that's that would be my message at least <laughs> great yeah no that was awesome i appreciate i appreciate your openness there that's that's um yeah that's a that's a big story definitely um yeah i i agree and i think the great thing what trademark's doing is they're trying to be that conversation starter and they're kind of getting their nose in there and and showing you know kind of putting their hand up if you will or you know like you say in in the construction trades you almost have to not get in people's faces about it but it has to be seen and it has to be talked about um because yeah i think especially men it's so easy to just ignore and push to one side and and that's when it can get nasty if we're not able to have these conversations um i've i've seen it myself um where and and men are pretty bad for it about just kind of keeping things in and bottling it all up and and like you say that she'll be right attitude and um yeah and then it all comes out over a few beers and and usually it's pretty ugly when it does unfortunately and yeah i think it's great that that things like trade mutt and, and the kind of raising awareness of, of mental health in our industry is, is coming to the forefront because I think we need to have these conversations other than just Friday beers. Um, you know what I mean? There's, there's times where we can be talking about this because it is important. Like you say, the stats are, are showing it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think it's now more than ever, you know, there's, there's so many times where you you'll sit on site and it'll be smoko and there'll be, you know, 10 guys and girls on site and everyone's just staring at their phones and there's no communication and it's very shut off, which is a shame. You know, we were kind of just um, singing the praises of the camaraderie within this industry. And I think that still exists on some level, but um, I think we could be in danger of losing that. um, And also ignoring the mental health aspect of it is just, to our detriment um as individuals and as kind of you know teaching the next generation and if we're going to show people that it's kind of okay not to speak up about these things then um yeah it's never going to get anywhere fast so yeah good on you for supporting trademark and and doing doing your own bit and that i'm all about that on this podcast i'm trying to kind of push that out 
um, almost on every episode and just, just bring it up and, and let it be aired. Um, yeah, I don't think, like you say, there's never a good time and you're never going to sit down and smoke and, and solve someone's problems or vice versa, you know. But um, so we have to start a conversation or at least get it out there. So, yeah, good on you for doing that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, like it's it's really... Uh, I I can't take that. Uh, like I, I thank you very much, and it's just um, you know I I fortunately sort of ex- expanding on it. I like I had a good model, and as it, it was a good and a bad model in terms of my my father because he he had some unresolved things, and that came out in terms of um, how we were treated. And um, but he he you know he went and got help. He, he sort of he sort of broke that mold of that that older generation and. Um, and that that was fortunate. Some some people don't really have that that same sort of accepting role. And and the worst thing about all of this that happens to us is that you know if you're going through stuff and and you're not dealing with it, it's one of the most selfish things to do is to um, to just bottle it up because mm-hmm. the people that that care for you and love you the most they're the ones that. That copper, you know, and that's uh, that's that's it's totally unfair because it's not um you know those those problems those unresolved things those unspoken words that's not it's not for them to uh um to to try and solve for you that's it's something that you have to put your hand up and, and deal with yourself and and the the fact that they have to the wear the bad moods and the uh, the the angry fights and yelling matches and things it's sort of it's not it's not their battle and so in terms of to, to get out there and sort of have the conversations with people whether it be for yourself or for others and um just allow for the change really yeah absolutely yeah and and good on your dad for for taking that step i think that's that's um it's a big thing to do and, and a lot of people um are definitely unwilling to do that. You know, one one thing that I find quite disappointing um, from what I've seen in my my own personal life and, and experience is that um, you can kind of turn your love for the trades, even or for carpentry. Um, in in my own example, um, you can you can turn it into a negative for yourself, and it can become a place where. Um, you're kind of hiding in and and I've seen that in my own life where people are kind of maybe unwilling to address certain issues and they'll just sink themselves into work you know and then on the weekend they'll hop into the hop into the shed and they'll just you know go and build something because they don't want to have that conversation or they don't want to kind of admit that thing to themselves Um, which is a real shame because I I don't think you should do that to the trade because I kind of feel it's it's sacred and if you're using kind of delving into work as a definitely there's a like a um kind of cathartic um element to doing carpentry and it's quite meditative when you're in the zone and you know it, it helps that you don't have to kind of you're not having much else on your mind when you really focus on a task like that but if you're using it um or your trade as a way to kind of cover something up it's similar to what a lot of tradesmen do when they hide behind things like alcohol and drugs as well. And they're not really willing to face up to, to things that it might be a lot of work to get rid of. It might not be all that much work at all. Um, and it could really set you free 
mentally and 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 help yourself out and help your family out like the ones you love around you like you say support you um i think vulnerability is kind of a dirty word within the trades um as especially for for men um maybe we need a new way to kind of describe that feeling or that kind of aspect of of what is perhaps needed um to kind of bring mental health into the equation and into the arena of of conversation for for tradespeople but um yeah i think that's something that we have to contend with definitely absolutely that's uh yeah um, i'm glad you bring it up i'm glad it's a it's a topic on here and that we can ex- expand on it i think it's um it's incredibly responsible to have this voice and platform and, and um and be honest with the people who who are listening totally yeah thanks that's what we're, we're trying to do um there's definitely no filters or um no agendas and and you know by no means um uh, ethan and i mental health professionals but um i think <laughs> if, if 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 average guys are are talking about it then that's a win really um so yeah um more the merrier um so yeah i'm wondering um kind of sticking with that maybe or even even going back to just the the carpentry journey or the trades journey in general um i wonder if you have any lessons that you've learned that stick with you in particular um kind of advice whether that be practical or on the mental side or theoretical or or whatever it may be just to that's helped you in this trade environment or even like i say practically on the tools if you have anything that springs to mind yeah i i think it's a i mean it's uh a big one for me was was getting the tools um Mm. it was sort of because that if 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 something is asked of you and you you have the gear you may not be completely capable with it but if you actually have it though it opens you up to at least attempt it and i Mm -hmm. think you know whether you you attempt it and maybe it's not a it's not a hundred percent or it's or it's a fail sort of thing you've at least you've gone through that pathway and you've tried it out and it's like okay well this last time it didn't work out so well so this time you know let's focus on what we did wrong and we can change so um that that having having the tool like we, regardless of whether you're using it all the time or you use it you know to once or twice a job sort of thing mm-hmm. m- makes such a huge difference in terms of your capability and once again you're then you're only you know you're only held back by your imagination with mm because you can do more for yourself as well. So um, initially, and I, I, I get it because it is a lot of money to outlay and tools are expensive. I mean, even down to hand tools and things mm-hmm. are really, really expensive. So it's a, it's something that you don't just enter in lightly and, and spring frivolously and get yourself into huge amounts of debt. But don't be afraid to... Don't be afraid to to get those tools because they are your money makers. Uh, don't don't skimp on them either. Don't don't get the don't get the cheap stuff. You know, mm-hmm. take your time and because your first expense will always be your most expensive. You know, you buy you buy once, cry once, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that that's a big one because a lot of guys hesitate with that, and it's just kind of like, well, 
can you go frame that or can I use your nail gun? Sort of like, yes, you can, but then that also, you know, what if I need to use it sort of thing? Mm. And for the most part, for, for guys in their first couple of weeks of apprenticeship, that's absolutely fine. But, you know, guys who've been building for a few months or even, you know, in some cases a, a year or so, and they still have nothing, that's sort of, it's such a hindrance to what you can do. And you might get the question as to why, why am I still only digging under the house or something or, or digging these footings or, or doing slabs? It's like, well, you know, you don't unfortunately have much more to offer where we can set you a task and you can do it by yourself mm. without, you know, sort of that, that, that handout of, of your gear. And that's, you know, and that's a, that, that was a big one for me. I just, it resonated with me. I had a guy say, you know, we, we can't send you to this job because you don't have a, a nail gun. And mm. from then on, I was just like, I'm never going to be without a tool because mm. regardless of if I can use it or not. So, it's, you know, I've got a horde of tools and, I, and, it, and it continues to grow as well. But, um, you know, I, I don't have to outsource for anything. You know, I don't have to ask for the company saw for this. I don't have to ask for the company this for that sort of thing. You know, I, I've got it, and if, if the job requires it, then I can do it well, or at least I'll try it. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. And, um, yeah, that's always a big one, tools and, and who pays for what. And like you say, it is a it is a big outlay, especially for an apprentice. But I think it's um, you – I always quite like watching apprentices when they really – decide to commit to carpentry and they go out and like you say it is a big outlay you know like um i started a little bit later i started my apprenticeship when i was 22 23 um but you know for some of these guys they're fresh out of high school like they're 17 18 even um and to go and spend you know thousands of dollars on tools um it's a big old commitment and it's quite cool when you see guys who are willing to do that. And, and it shows that um, kind of, I guess, again, an ode to that craftsmanship and that, um, that kind of goal to, to be a professional and to be a, someone who has those skills. Um, when you're, when you're willing to make that commitment, it's no small thing. Like you say, it's, it's a lot of money and it's, you know, if you're going to sink that money in and you're probably kind of thinking to yourself like, right, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to be a carpenter, you know? I mean, yeah, the guy at McDonald's doesn't bring in his spatula to work. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a big old investment and there's not many and trades like it where you get paid minimum wage as an apprentice and you're expected to front with like four or $5,000 worth of tools. It's, um, you've got to respect yeah. that. So, um, yeah. That's 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 a good point to have those tools. Um, yeah, I, I never even thought of it that way. That that you know, if you don't have those tools, maybe yeah, you're not really showing some of the older guys or or the owner of the company, whatever it may be, that you're really committed to this, that you want to learn. That hey, I want to put my hand up for that job. I've got all the gear. I might not know how to do it, but you know, kind of put me in, coach, if you know what I mean. It's like absolutely, yeah, yeah, I like it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that, and you know, it's it's the same as turning up early. It's the same as sort of having all your gear. You turn up to a, you know, a soccer game or something, and you've got your boots ready to go, as opposed to the guy that you know might have one or maybe he's in shoes as opposed to boots or something like that. Yeah. 
it, it just shows that intent and um, that keenness, and, and that's a that's you know I I just I I couldn't think of a better way just to to show and it's and it's such an and because because money is such a it's such a thing it's such a driving force and showing your keenness and you know you might turn up early you might have the gear and things they're more likely to look at you and think you know this guy he's taking it seriously okay let's try and reward that or you know let's sort of pay accordingly maybe something a little bit more closer to what you're worth mm. into your weight but um yeah 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 the, the tools and like as as much as it might seem like a bit of a cop-out it's a it's definitely a big dividing factor between the guys who are really invested and the guys who uh, might might go off on something else yeah absolutely yeah i like that um did you have anything else i mean um kind of advice on well not so much advice but yeah just anything that you've kind of been told even practically that's really stuck with you you know there's a lot of kind of good sayings and in carpentry you know um that that people will repeat over and over again that you'll kind of always have in your head or um yeah anything Um, else that you can think of and in terms of advice um i don't yeah i'm i'm not sure sorry no, it's, uh, all good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all like it's it's just like it's just the attitude but i mean in mm. terms of like the like definitely in terms of like building stuff i mean you, you'll you'll hear about it and you'll learn about it so long as you you know you're actually listening but um yeah i just i just think that attitude more than anything will, mm-hmm. will you know that'll open the right doors for you yeah so that's that's probably what you would pass on to you know, say there's something, someone listening to this podcast who's maybe they're a first year apprentice or they're in a pre-trade course or even they're thinking of entering into the trades. Um, yeah, what would you yeah, say? Absolutely. Obviously, attitude is the is key. Attitude is key, without without a doubt, you know, before anything else. I mean, um, you know, before all the tools and things, you know, showing the right attitude will you know, get you to get, get you the handshake for the apprenticeship, the nod, the sort of, you know, this like sort of that notch above just being the laborer or mm-hmm. for years and years sort of thing, or, you know, sort of that move forward in terms of, um, you know, your apprenticeship and getting signed off and stuff, you know, versus the guy who just, who just wants it as a job and sees it as a paycheck, mm. you know, your attitude. Definitely. Nice one. Okay, man. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of plug your plug yourself and, and your Instagram page and, and um, we'll, we'll wrap it up, I think. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. Um, the, if you don't know me, I'm a apprentice Ethan on Instagram. I'm just regular Ethan Neal in real life. Uh, I, um, I work for straight line builders up here in Auckland. Uh, awesome guys. Bryson, shout out to you. Luke, shout out to you. Legends. Um, uh, shout out to my wife as well my wife and daughter Sloan Cassandra and Sloan Cassandra being my wife Sloan being my daughter um, and yeah that, that's pretty much it for me thank you very much for having me on oh no really worries yeah pretty. definitely go and follow Ethan um, Apprentice Ethan on, on Instagram he puts out some great stuff and um, we, I forgot to touch on it but I wanted to bring up the L300 and your logo um it's pretty epic. I absolutely love that 
logo and that van i i ran an l300 all through my apprenticeship and um yeah i i had a tear in my eye when that van finally died um so <laughs> respect for running the l300 <laughs> yeah yeah well that's like it's uh, it's got a funny story actually because it's a, um it's a limited edition l3000 to a friend of mine oh true i i, I don't know who who or what or how he procured it there might be a few l30s cruising around in auckland at the moment but he he pilfered me a couple of extra o's from you know that that match and and we managed to silicon them on and it almost looks legit so um that l3000 with the column change gearbox you know yes. I, I love that van absolutely i yeah. i just just my baby regardless of how many dents i put in it now <laughs> yeah awesome good chat all right um, thanks again, Ethan. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being really open on the mental health thing. That's a big thing that I try and champion on this podcast. So thanks for contributing to that. Thanks for sharing your story. Um, it's always awesome to talk to someone who's really passionate about their trade, whether they be a carpenter or a sparky or a digger operator or anything. Um, it's refreshing. I think we need more of that. That's why Instagram's great. There's a lot of cool people on there who are really promoting the value of, of what we do every day and showing it kind of behind the curtains and and how much people love their jobs and, and you're definitely one of them so keep doing what you're doing man i appreciate it thank you very much appreciate it all right thanks for listening friends if like me you enjoy conversations about the love of building and creating then please consider subscribing to the show leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts thanks very much to ethan for his time and his dulcet tones so much to take away from this yarn. This is the kind of podcast that gets me fired up to build something and reminds me why I do what I do. Whether you're a carpenter or not, I hope you can appreciate the passion for the craft and the level that Ethan's willing to go to succeed. In our industry, there's a bit of tall poppy syndrome that goes around. I feel that collectively we all need to congratulate and get behind people for doing well whilst also supporting them when they're having a hard time. So... I want to congratulate Ethan for his dedication and skill in carpentry whilst also taking my hat off to him for speaking very openly about his own battles with mental health and making visible that issue that gets too often swept under the rug and avoided. I encourage you to go follow Ethan on Instagram at ApprenticeEthan for some great content from a bloody good Kiwi. Thanks again to you for your time and support. I really appreciate it. You can follow me on Instagram at chipawaycarpenter to keep up to date with what's happening on the podcast. And until the next one, keep chipping away.